0: Thank <laughs> you. Hey, what's up, people? It's
1: me, Nate. Oh, I think my camera is a little, oof. a little bit better. Uh, what's up, people? It's me, Nate. I'm here. I don't think Blue will be joining us tonight, but I know it's been a minute. Have I been on here? At
0: all? Oh, wow, it's been since November, but um, I'm
1: here. Um, It's been a long uh, absence, uh, but um, I was doing a a project uh, the you thought I was him project that is um, going into a new phase. Uh, We have been working on that piece for about a year, a little over a year actually. And uh, we went through the year process, opened up the show. And now the first premiere of the show is done. Um, And we are in the phases of taking a little break (laughs) and then jumping right back into the planning of, say, another production or a tour. Um, The ultimate goal is really Broadway. So we are
0: working on that.
1: um so i'm really excited to um be back um and i'm coming back and then next week we'll be on a break and then we're coming back um and finish out the year um hmm what have i been up to so to play one um just reworking business and branding and figuring out some things um I went into this year with a lot of goals, and those goals were somewhat interrupted, but I figured out some goals that I didn't even get to accomplish. Like uh, I was able to do Baltimore Fashion Week. Um, we did this year long process. Um, that was a part of my goals to complete that and state of course, because working on anything for over a year can be difficult. Um, and I had some goals in terms of my studio space that I didn't quite meet the bar, but I'm definitely um, doing a I think I'm doing a great job. I've started to promote myself better and and put myself out there. I've done a number of events, vended events throughout the year, starting with Baltimore Fashion Week. Well, Baltimore Fashion Week was kind of this part of the year, but um, being able to put myself out there in a different way than than what I was um, normally doing. I had pulled back a lot from vending and exhibiting my work because having a studio space can sometimes be um, difficult and challenging. Um, and just overcoming a lot of those obstacles and hurdles has been what this year has been for me. Um, I'm just looking around the space, trying to figure out some other things. Just really understanding business in a different way and figuring out um, figuring out how to best uh, place myself in terms of being an artist, being a business, um, being a brand um, and just being an individual. Sometimes when you're an artist and you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you forget that you are an individual and you have to make time for that. Um, And I've made a bigger effort throughout the pandemic to be there for me. Um, And that has been a real challenge, to say the least, but it definitely helped me to um, make better plans, make better decisions um, involving those plans, choosing the people around me, um, my self-care, um, my health wasn't always priority because I didn't really have any issues. And then bam, the pandemic came. And because I I had to pivot how I was living, I had some health issues kind of come up because I wasn't really doing much. I was in the house all the time. And I think a lot of people felt that challenge, um, but uh reigniting that now that things are somewhat toward normal space um like going back to the gym refocusing and dedicating myself to living healthier because i'm getting older you know i can't rely on this youth (laughs) anymore uh but it's definitely has given me um while i'm talking to you i'm sharing the show out of, of course um but really just you know focusing on you know, my number one player, and that's me. Um, I'm really excited about all the things that are happening with um say the artist exchange. Um, I'm networking a lot better. A lot of the stuff you won't really see it um right off, but we are working on a, a, a strategy for moving forward.
0: And well, that's not even the right page. Um
1: but just getting getting things back in order and, and figuring out who I am and and what I'm doing is definitely helping me to, you know, just grow. Um I wanted to go backwards a little bit and touch on um uh hold on, I'm trying to do five different things at once. Uh let me share this out. So if you're watching, please like, share, subscribe, comment, um, join the conversation, all that jazz. Um just wanted to share the show out this a little bit. I don't know. None of these people that are sharing to right now. Just give me a second while I do this, everybody that's watching. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for tuning in. Um, this is the Artist Exchange Radio Show, and I'm really, I'm in a good space today. Uh, I had a really rough day. I had a really rough day. Um, if if people don't know, I'm a full time artist. I'm also an educator. I'm also, um, like a, I don't want to say a community leader in a way. I do a lot of community work with other community organizations. Um, I just finished this weekend with the last big event for Black Artist District that I'm uh, part-time in and I work with them in terms of a networking session called Black to the Future alongside Shingya Wright um, and we, we work with um, artists and entrepreneurs and the community at large and helping them bring some skill sets. Um, Black to the Future event is sponsored by the Black Arts District. Um, And they have allowed myself to really work with the community. I went to um, the operations manager for for the Black Arts District, Mr. Kenneth Morrison. uh, And I uh, voiced some concerns that I had in terms of how entrepreneurs and artists are getting the information and the turnaround and, uh, you know, the shortcomings and restrictions, all those things that are difficult for us to really run as businesses. Um, And they agreed to sponsor this event. And it's been going on for a year now. Well, almost a year. Um, February will make a whole year that it's been going on. Uh, And I've been able to connect a number of uh professionals with community with artists and entrepreneurs bringing them um workshops and resources uh thanks to the team um and great art self-care things throughout this event every month we have a workshop series where we have a professional interfield and Monique has been uh one of them actually um he did the i think you did a workshop on um getting organized funding wise, financial wise, Um, and every month has been a different facilitator. um, And this December, we had a huge one and we were able to bring multiple facilitators together. You got some comments too. Some comments. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have my computer. So hold on to me. Is it in the chat? Chaz, hey, hey, Chaz. that's right, focus on you mm, yes <laughs> i'm I'm trying because it's been really difficult for me to focus on me and and um and and not put I guess that's much better for me um and and uh putting myself first has meant um losing relationships um um some opportunities and I choose me and i'm going to do me in the time that i have and it's been difficult um balancing that because when you begin to lose people you begin to blame yourself you begin to go backwards you begin to um deny what your your reality is in terms of wanting those people to stay in your life and i've I've just learned that i don't need it you know I'm better um, (coughs) with a small circle versus a large group of people. And and I have to admit, I have a lot of people who really care about me, who have really made this year, um, this year specifically, so plentiful. Uh, And so this building opportunities, um, I'm learning to forgive and let go. I'm learning who to allow back in your space and who to just let that be a memory. Um, and as Chess just uh, said, you know, choosing me and that self-care and all that, um, it's been it's been great. It's, it feels great to um, be in a space where I can choose me because I didn't always do that. And not because I felt some kind of way about myself, but I'm a people-oriented person. I love helping other people, but I can't always do it um, at the expense of myself. I can't um, keep putting other people before me because that's letting them see what my value, well, it's it's giving them a false idea what my value is. Um, and it's been a journey and often I've had to choose me you know even been doing this radio show for so long i've had to choose me and and not not feel bad about it you know before i would never miss a show i would i would you know, do whatever I had to do. And it's not that I don't, I have not cared about the artist exchange because I'm still out there working and supporting both the artist exchange and being exposed, but I've had to do it in a different way. And sometimes that meant if I don't feel good, I'm not doing it. If if it's an opportunity that I really want, I sometimes have to sacrifice this and still push it. You know, nothing has changed uh, with me or the station or my brand the artists exchange. nothing has changed it's just i am growing in a space where i have to choose me and sometimes that means taking time off and being you know before i've done a number of shows in this uh in this um the time that i've been at this station which has been years now and and anybody that's been my co-host or my engineer let you know i'll start the show and then I, I would give it to my co-hosts. I found people to stand there for me and I'll go off or I'll be sitting in the, um, in the uh, back room, the green room with my camera and stuff. But it was, it was taking the quality away from what I was doing. Um, and it really has meant the difference between, you know, self-care and just overdoing it. And I'm learning not to overdo it and just really be in my space with with me um, and 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 choose me more uh, than I've ever chosen myself before and And that's hard for a lot of givers. And I was raised to be a giver. Um, I I've become a giver in my adult life um, and in my relationships, I'm a giver. Um, and I'm learning not to be just a helping hand all the time and, and really show up as my full self and, and demand my value to be respected and, and honored. Um, I can't
0: really. Um,
1: Catherine, BBC2. I don't know what that means. BBC, be back. C2. I I have no idea what that what that what that means, sorry. Uh, but I am um I'm rambling now because it is really overwhelming to understand where I've been. And this uh I'll, I'll have to say honestly, going, you know, speaking about this whole journey of being in a pandemic and redefining yourself as an artist in a business, it has been really difficult. Um, because I've done a lot of it alone, but I've had people support it. I've had people have my back. Um, and, uh, the last show of this year is going to be a, a special, I've already started planning. Well, I already started the plans for putting it in motion now and finding the people that I wanted to be a part of that last show for the year, um, because this has definitely been a journey. Um, stepping forward, uh, we're gonna talk about some a couple hot topics later. Uh, but beyond all of that, um, one finding your passion and staying the course and making it all that you want it to be is not easy. And I would be lying to myself if I thought. At, at all it would have been um any different and i've I've gone back and forth with you know being uh employee in the daytime or having a regular quote-unquote regular job and um and and following my own personal goals um and I even started to work in jobs or spaces that um were connected to my passion, and that sometimes could be beneficial because you're still doing what it is that you love to do and you're making money to be able to support the things that you want to do for yourself and that worked for a minute and that then got really old really quickly and it just became a job cycle and this year I took a step back from what I typically do. Um, and I,
0: um, I've really, mm,
1: I found, I found me again, but I took that step back and I just began to do things that really aligned with what I wanted to do. Um, so this year I didn't stop teaching, but I stopped teaching in the capacity that I was teaching it. And I was able to not necessarily have more free time, but I had more governance over what my time was, and what I was able to do with it. That made things harder, because the, that meant uh, I took a pay cut um, in terms of what uh, I was used to bringing in. Um, and I was able to open myself up to my passion a little bit more i was able to be here at the studio a lot more i was able to because prior to this year or the pandemic i wouldn't have had time to um work with other uh artists as much as i have i wouldn't have had time to do baltimore fashion week i wouldn't have time to really run the studio space that i've created um and had i not taking that step back last year. Well, really, but, well, yeah, last year is the first time it happened because prior to the pandemic, I was running on fumes. I was just running, 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 and doing a lot of different things that did not equal to me focusing primarily on me. Um, and I started to get kind of burnt out with doing say this platform because, um, having to be somewhere specific to do your show was very difficult. Now I can set up wherever I'm at, um, and be just as good or do just as well with the show. And that has been a blessing that we were able to pivot, um, right in the pandemic. Like we didn't have to wait a year and decide, um, we were still doing live shows. Um, somewhat into the pandemic, but once the shutdown happened, we were all home and I've been doing it this way since then. So this has been a blessing because I, I don't have to be at the station to do my show anymore. And even once the station gets back to that point, it's still gonna be a in my from for me, it will still have to have this this level of flexibility. Um being in the studio is great. Um some a lot of guests love that feel. Um, a lot of hosts love that field. Um, but for me, I need that flexibility to be able to do my art and be my craft and still, you know, lend myself to this part of my passion. And it really has, um, it's been different, difficult. Um, but it was such an easy transition, um, because it allowed me to learn a lot about, um, this, this part of it. I knew this based off of being in a studio, but being virtual it forced me to learn the computer differently learn software a lot differently learn how to network differently because um i did a number of shows that were um virtual i did plays i hosted plays um i started other podcasts and it really just helped me to fill that time um that i was mostly by myself but it, it still allowed me to travel like um, I did I went on two vacations during the pandemic, even though it was really restricted. um, but I was able to do my show from the hotel room uh the first time what was that the first second the second time I went the first time i I had paused the show for those two weeks and uh, went on that vacation and the second time I was able to do it um and I really typically don't get to take vacations because I'm always worried about who's gonna do the show, and for the last couple of years, I haven't had a steady um co-host um uh so that's a process you know uh now i have blue that's kind of stepping in until his show comes back on but um beyond that it's has just been you
0: know moving about um
1: uh, working on the show you thought i was now i really am curious to know um because Marnie got a chance to come see it, I believe that was the last weekend. Um, but if you're if you're here, um, I'm really curious curious as to what you thought about the play. I don't think we've had time to talk about it yet. Are
0: you here? I'm here. Um,
2: I really I, I can say this because I, I I'm trying to remember things from then today. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I re- but I can say what I can say is I really enjoyed. I'm not a play person, you know that. Right. I really enjoyed this play uh-huh. because one thing did I did not know or it was a subject matter because it went it went across the gambit though. That's the thing about Perfect. it. It was all it was everything and all over the place, uh-huh. but great.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Because what uh-huh. I didn't know about this play is that it was about a mix. It was about a mixtape, like a musical. Well, it a not a musical, movie. but a, a right. theatrical performance as if right. it was a mixtape. Right, right,
1: right, right,
2: right. That's what right. I didn't understand about it. Cause I, I cause when I came in and I seen all the <laughs> like the radio stuff that was up on the wall. I was mm-hmm. like, oh wait. And then right. I read the, um, right. the program and it said uh, you know, a mixtape. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then right. it started and I was I was enthralled. So the the term choreo,
1: choreo poem, uh, was coined, um, I believe it was made popular by, uh, I was about to say, um, it's crazy for color girls, that, that is a choreo poem where they use all different art forms to come together, mainly words, movement, song, to be able to come together and Create a piece
2: because it's different. I know one part point. that was sticking out to me now, but, going through the history of the clubs.
1: Mm-hmm. So th- we told the story of Uncle Brother that way. Mm-hmm. So Uncle Brother was the the kind of the patriarch of the family, and he um, he had a story. So each one of the actors um, had their own story and had their own perspective. And his story was more so telling the story of what gay culture has been. For mm-hmm. him moving through. A big part of that was the uh HIV AIDS epidemic and him feeling like why is he still here? Mm-hmm. Um, well, everybody and, else around
2: him was dying. Right.
1: Right. So and and that was kind of the pandemic. A lot of us are gonna feel that in the next 10, 15 years because we lost so many people randomly. So the same thing is happening with the pandemic, but each one of them had their own story mm-hmm. to tell. It's just um, because I know you like certain things and may not be into everything. Um, it was just interesting to see what your perspective was on, on the guys. I didn't. I don't think I told you, brother Calvin was in it. I, no, I, I think knew. I
2: said that before. Oh, well, from your show, yeah, because they're all oh, on yeah. the show. So, um, yeah, yeah. but I was I was impressed with Noah. Okay, brother okay. Calvin gave me exactly what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> himself. Because he's a the theatrical himself. person. So he gave mm-hmm. me himself. I got exactly what I wanted. I did not the um was he on the show. No, he wasn't on the show. The one guy wasn't on the show. One. Um the younger one.
1: Oh, uh Marcia, Marcel. Yes, he wasn't on the show. So I
2: didn't meet him. That's the one I didn't meet.
1: Okay. And Uncle Brother, you did those, I think the only two you didn't meet. Mm-hmm. But you're so the this was done a little bit different like I kept saying we did this over the course of a year. I um, mean it started with myself, blue, Troy Burton and DDM. We came together in a um uh, a circle, a kind of accountability circle. Um and I called on a few people who you know I had started building relationships with and I wanted to work with in the arts in some capacity and we all were charged with putting something in the hat. And Mm. this project was what Troy put into the hat. And, you know, I vowed to work with any of them. Like, so whatever you had on the burner, uh, like me and Blue are working in a capacity and we'll be talking about that shortly. Um, And with me and uh, DDM um, are still looking for that space to be able to do that together. But we all chipped in to help Troy with this one. Um, And it really just came out of the blue we started doing community conversations with same gender loving men and a lot of the stories that you've heard um from all of them not just the uncle brother character but from all of them came a lot from their stories what they contributed about manhood in general mm-hmm. um, and then that wanted to us doing a, a small podcast series where we was bringing in community members as well um just to talk about some of the outside issues surrounding the play, like ownership of our own creative pieces or, you know, being an entrepreneur, being, you know, owning your own ads. That was the title of one of them. Um, and with that then transferred into the writer's room where we actually began to build the script. Um, and that transitioned into auditioning and doing a workshop. And then that went into rehearsal. And then what you saw was a combination of a year's work for work, Now put onto this stage. So in all actuality, many of the after all of the actors were handpicked um based off of what the character was. And three of them were actual people, and the rest of them were kind of a mishmash of uh of individuals. We were missing two characters. Um uh one of the characters had we had to we were going to have to replace them, but at the last hour, so we just decided to, um, this omit that character, omit that character from this production, and there was a dancer character which we never could find the right person. So, um, all of that was just a year in the making, and these gentlemen really stood the test of time because it was it's difficult, you know, with the script changing every week and. And they were able to really put forth a show by the time you saw it they were really into the motion of building those characters but i'm glad you got to see it uh because it wasn't your typical play it wasn't the typical you know how a a play is typically presented um but it was it was definitely a lot of fun to watch this process i did more of the marketing and you know um, a lot of the administrative work for the production so uh, being a part of the actual rehearsal process was extra special because I got to see a lot of the work that I put into it. You got to see that as people came to see it. So I'm glad, you know, you all got to come see it. Um, I know Chairs loved it because she was texting, you know, right after and posting on the thing after right after. But was there anything that stood out to you or anything that you took away from it or something that kind of stood out?
0: So but yeah, we're
2: going back to my memory again. Um.
1: <laughs> it's been three weeks. It has. <laughs>
0: uh. Keep going.
2: I'll I'll pop in.
1: Okay. Um. So with that project coming to a close, for that cycle that it was in. Um I really have been looking for some other spaces to be able to continue to create. The next thing I can tell you a little bit because I've already started it. Um it will be a series of interviews with um, individual black men in my space that, that I've come across that I've wanted to talk to and they'll just be sharing their stories. There's a number of topics that we'll be talking about. Um, and I just had my first interview with one of actually one of the actors from the play, I chose him as to be the first one. And then everybody else will be, you know, um, how this will come to be is where I'm at with the question. So what what this is um is kind of exploration of just the male experience. Um how it will be shown, whether it be a short documentary, a collaborative book effort, um it won't probably be a play. I won't venture into that territory, that but either a book or documentary or some type of series um, that we'll be coming out with. And I'll be announcing that in a new year. But I've already started the um process of doing the interviews. My my editor, the the woman uh who has been helping me with my own book, came to see this piece. Um, and I posted So I'm going to go backwards a little bit. So for the last three years, and that's the pandemic included. Well, that's starting with the pandemic. Um, I have been interested in writing a book. Prior prior to this, I was interested to write a book as well. But what what do we write about? How do I share myself? Um, I went on a journey of really learning me. And learning what I want and what I desire, it really has been um, a challenge because when you tell your story, you are also telling the stories or you're including other people. Not necessarily you're telling someone else's story because it's your story, uh, but you are including other people in that um, in that. And that is a difficult thing to do
0: um that's a very difficult thing to
1: do um and writing about other people and and their journey um as it pertains to their interaction with you um but from your perspective so that has been a challenge because being that personal is not a problem for me but some of the subject matter that I'm getting personal about is because it involves people that I really care about, like my parents, um, some family members, some friends, some past relationships and not specifically talking about them, but talking about maybe some things that have happened that um, change my perspective or alter the course of things for me, um, good and bad. You know, and, and it's not a sad humdrum book, but it is exploring parts of me that I don't typically share with other people, which is a challenge. Uh, because in the process of doing that, I felt like, well, let me get the permission. I felt like I needed the permission from some people. And then that turned into not necessarily needing the permission, but more so um, communicating with some of these people that would be talked about. That didn't really go off too well um, because the persons that I decided to start with wasn't really open um, and really did not share the same experience that I had shared um, Which was very difficult to say the least because I understood where I was at At one point when I wasn't ready to really share some stuff and it was things that you know Very traumatic Myself and Blue were working on that project. This
0: (laughs) is crazy.
1: Sorry, people. Uh, But it has really been a challenge, to say the least, um, uh, in dealing with it. Because it was certain things that I wasn't ready to talk about, like uh, being molested as a child, um, because I talked about I remember the first time I ever talked about it. It was actually on air. Um, it was one one of my first phone-in guests, a young lady from California, had called in and I met her on online. Um, and she had a an organization called Say Something. Um and I remember saying it on air. Um and we were in a different format than we were then because people had to download an app or go to an app so i had listeners but a lot of family wasn't listening at the time and i remember saying it and a family member did hear it and that started a conversation that was very uncomfortable to have with people who i felt did not protect me um fast forward uh a couple years ago Like, I think before we had moved out of that same station, well, when we moved into the next station, the next uh, building, um, I had had another interview. We were talking about it again, and I shared it with another friend. Um, I was doing a play at the time called Blueprints, and that was kind of similar topic matter. And I remember bringing it up then. A little bit more of my family heard it um, fast forward to the pandemic, I talked about it again, um, and this was me getting comfortable, and it was really a, a time period, um, and this, this show, um, has been on this station for a number of years, and I've watched my art in terms of talking about that specific story. And that really is what gave me the idea and the courage to really speak on it more. Um, and that brought me to other speaking I went to some schools. I went to some organizations that deal with you know, domestic violence, rape, all those things. And um, I was not forced, but in a space where that was the conversation. So I had to share to be a part of that conversation and um more family members heard about it and this time i was presented with the question you know who was it um which was a hard question for me to hear uh because i i never really said it well i didn't say anything first time i ever said it was when i was 30 and i was sitting in front of the ther- a therapist uh for the first time ever in life And i remember saying it and not having the best reaction from her and never wanting to talk about it again and then a year or so later i started doing the show and that's when it began to come out to this point where now i've I've told the whole story over the this show and with my editor and with blue um and it has been a journey getting that done because you 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 know, when you sit down and write a book, it's typically about something else, you know, uh, and people write about themselves, but more so we tell stories that aren't about us. Um, and I didn't want to go out and just write a creative story. Um, I can do that, you know, on stage and I, I have that freedom on stage. Um, what I have had to do is figure out how to tell the story without moving backwards so right now I don't feel like the story belongs to me anymore it's my story but I don't feel like it belongs to me anymore because I've gotten it out and it does feel better and when I realized how much better I felt from sharing it I didn't have that fear of not necessarily I wasn't fearful of how people would take it but I didn't want to hash those things because I one of the conversations i had i never forget i think it was with dr natasha Brett harris a friend of mine um one of her statements was like be careful what you say because i i still you know there's no there's no uh expiration date on when a person has been molested or raped um especially a, a child i think it's specifically a child so i was in my mind i was like well i don't even know who this person is so it it would not uh, that would not affect me but getting the story out lent itself to me feeling so much better because it wasn't in a loop and i had suppressed it for so long but it would definitely surface when the topic matter came up and you know having a show this long you're going to come across an author or a playwright or um an actor or some person who has that story and they share it and i've had quite a few guests who have had the story similar experiences or ha- is a writer that's writing about it or uh whatever combination of the two so me being on this journey of this you know healing and just growing from past hurts and experiences it has really given me the um the time to think about it. Um, and over the pandemic, I started the process and was quickly told by my uh, editor, do the work that you need to do to tell the stories and then we can start. So I've done some journaling and working with, uh, now just doing these, starting these interviews up and working on this play called, "You Thought I Was Him. It really um,
0: has been,
1: Interesting. Now, telling the stories from a different perspective, it don't hurt the same way it hurt. It, it hurts to have, have gone through it, but it does not. I don't get that high, that that sad high that you get when you're telling a story about something that has hurt you. Um, so doing that, um, really refocusing my energy and really getting myself back into a space where I can. Live with these stories and you know deal with the 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 journey of it of healing of growth of maturity of you know healing in general uh so it's 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 been a journey, and I'm thankful to have had you know some interesting individuals around me that has helped me with this um and Uh, Blue is definitely one of the first. He is working in a capacity of not a writing partner, but more so a. um, If you don't know, Blue's a therapist. He's a licensed therapist um, and counselor. And he's working me on that, where he's helping me to get the story uh, out in a way where I get to reflect as I'm getting the story out. And then we're writing about it, writing the reactions. And it's an interesting way that the book will be formatted. But I think you all would like it. And it will be beneficial. And I am thinking of, you know, who I would want to um voice the book, because I would love for the book to have an audio component to it where you hear these two voices. Um, and I, I don't want to give too much away, but um I'm looking for both individuals now, and that is um working this out and planning. Um that that's one of the things that I've learned from the pandemic too. I was very impulsive uh pre-pandemic but I'm learning now to still have that level of Im- impulsiveness but to plan, plan the crazy so control chaos if you will. Um so those are things that I've been working on of course the jewelry if you don't know I'm in the midst of my um uh i'll just call it my regular overall art studio but um the backdrop of this is definitely my uh jewelry and i actually i think can i turn this camera um i actually could so if you see i am currently working on uh some pieces that's that chunky table over there right there um, and just working on the space in a different Oh, you can see me seeing you (laughs) but uh yeah so this is my jewelry studio there's a lot more to it but this is the only (laughs) pieces that i is is comfortable now so that's my little maker room right there um and some more pieces but so this is a studio and it really has meant a lot to me to
0: be able to um have this space um because it has been um this up a little bit more.
1: Um so yeah there you go. So yeah, so it's been a really interesting journey to have this space, and I I had a studio space before this, and it has um, it has meant the world to me to have a space dedicated to my art, and for so long it's been in my apartment or in my my kitchen, my living room, my my uh, living room, my bedroom. Um, But having this dedicated space has meant a lot to kind of further my artistic creativity. Um, And when I leave here, I can leave this here. It's not, you know, it's helping me to sleep better at night um, because I'm not feeling the need to get up and create. Um, I leave it here and then I come back here. Um, So if you you are an artist or you're having that, I really suggest you either dedicate a space like if you have a garage or a basement or an extra room where you could put it there and shut the door and leave it. Um, and if you, you know you're really in it, you know, getting a dedicated space outside your home to be able to work in because it means it means a lot and it will really push you to get the business side of what you're doing together um. Some upcoming stuff. So I talked about the book. I talked about, you thought I was him moving forward. We'll be setting some dates soon um, as we get some, some things in order uh, for us to be able to work on um, in terms of doing the play again or taking it on a tour, um, finding festivals and such to go through. Uh, the book is um, working. Right now I'm in the journaling process of getting a lot of thoughts out on paper, and then I'll be working with Blue to kind of how I want to tell those stories, and then my editor will be working with me. If you're just joining us, welcome to the Artist Exchange. Uh, Please please let us know who you are. If you're watching, um, let us know where you're from. Um, If you have any questions, um, today we're doing self-care. We're talking um, just getting yourself in a posture ready to um, create. And I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I'm I'm actually in a phase where I want to really start doing my redoing a dream board because I wanted to do some stuff. And then that helped me start asking questions to myself. And then I know what my goals are, setting goals. I'm, I love as we change the year um, because it really gives me a, a time to really close some stuff out. And really organize and plan for the next year. I, I, I'm not really a big resolution person, but I like, you know, the close out of a year and the start of a new one because it gives you another opportunity to get it right. And this year, as we end and move into the following year, next year, it's really giving me that push to plan and then work the plans. Um, one of the biggest things that's happening next year is I'll be. 40 um i don't believe that um i really don't believe it and, and it is it's been a shock to my nerves to know that i am going to be 40. i was just 25 like i don't know what happened um but planning for that um and i might be enlisting the be exposed uh travel committee because it's well i have been planning a trip and I'm still going to do that trip, but, um, I lost one of the people who were going with me on that trip. Well, the person who wanted to go with me on that trip. And that, that was, you know, you know so that's a special trip that I want to take, um, and figured out how to honor that person in that space. But, um, me taking a trip and I wanted to go to both Nigeria and South Africa um, and and spend some time. And, you know, I have a couple of friends in South Africa. Um, I have a, a former mentor that lives in Nigeria and I definitely wanted to go sit high and um, just explore. Unlike I was able to explore before when I was too young, but now I have that freedom to be able to do that. Um, so that was my goal for 2023, but just figuring out I wanted to celebrate myself unlike I've ever done before. I think last year was the closest I've ever come to celebrating. And I had a really good time um last year on my birthday. I actually worked that morning and I was able to, you know, have some fun with some friends that evening. Um but this year I want to do something next year I want to do something a little bit more uh in line with me being an artist. Um, so I'm planning um, an art show um, based off of a project that I did a number of years ago that's already I've already shown this in an art form form uh, at a number of spaces, but this is um, one of the pieces from the art show that's coming up. Um, and these will be in a form of prints as well as some larger pieces. This is actually an original. Um, and this is one of, the, like I said, one of the pieces that will be a part of that art exhibition. And um, I have a number of these. I'm not going to show you everything because I want you to come to the base. This is another piece. Um, this series will be based off of the Herman Rorschach, um ink blot. Test and I have shown this before. I've made jewelry based off of it, but this is going to be dedicated to being an art show. So that's the foundation that I'll be going into with next year. You know, planning for that. A lot of those I'm getting them framed um, and mounted, mounted and framed, um, and that will be a part of the exhibition. So the dates for that will actually be out in January once we finalize the dates. Um, And I have a location that I'm looking at. So that will be what that is. Um, And it's just so much I want to do. I'll be returning to Baltimore Fashion Week next year. I have this awesome concept. Um, If you haven't been seeing posts, post, um, if you go to my regular Artist Exchange page or my jewelry page or my personal art page, both on IG and Facebook, um, I'm actually the Artist Exchange uh, radio show on Facebook, the dash artist dash exchange on Instagram. I am artist Nate Cowser on Instagram and BBD Jewelry or Vash Blue Jewelry Studio on um, Instagram as well as Facebook. So look me up, and you'll be able to see a number of the posts. If you see some of the posts that we have from last year, um, we've been doing these crochet uh, cow net style um, neck pieces, um, that have been doing pretty good. Um, uh, it was the first time that I ever authentically priced my work and it felt good to have somebody not question my authority and my value. <laughs> uh, so it really has been, um, it's been interesting. And I really like the, the, the feel of having my work on display, uh, for that as well. Um, that's another thing. I, I never asked Marnie what did you think of the show? Because I don't think, I don't think I've ever invited Marnie to an art show before. Do you do you recall Baltimore Fashion Week, Mr. Monty?
2: So, so, so what you decided to do is not use three weeks as the premise of my memory, but you want to go back five months? <laughs>
0: It wasn't, that hasn't been five months. It was August. That was August? It's been four months. I'll give you four. Yeah, four months. I was going to say it's been quite that long.
1: Um, you don't remember Baltimore Fashion Week? I need you to stop smoking.
0: <laughs> of course not. I mean... um,
1: <laughs> It's killing your memories,
0: sir. People who I deal remember. with numbers all day. I thought I had stronger memories than... I mean,
2: if
0: I had time to
2: remember... <laughs> I know I do. I mean, what was the question about? I do remember Fashion Week. I do remember
1: it. No, I mean, specifically, because I, I normally I'll have a show to follow up with whatever I did. And I didn't do that with Fashion Week. I haven't done that with You Thought I Was Him Project. I haven't done that at all. Mm-hmm. this year to follow up what I did so I kept saying I was going to talk about it when I came back but then I went away for the I went away to do the show so that took more time mm-hmm. I really haven't given myself and I really am just getting comfortable in this space because I I moved in here over Baltimore Fashion Week right um,
2: yeah I remember I
1: really did, like I literally just unpacked that like I would have ne- I have not Turn the camera around at all because we were still coats and all that mm-hmm. still all over the floor. Um, even though people still have come here to shop, but um, I mean, I, you're right
2: because I never noticed that you had all that laid out like that too. Because I thought this was it. This is it. I thought this is all you had. That was it. Oh,
1: this space right here.
2: That corner. That's it.
1: <laughs> no, it's really no. It, it's actually a little bit bigger than the other space I had. Right. Uh, but it is. Um, it it was just, you know, because this is not a typical storefront. It's more of a mm-hmm. studio space. Right. So I still have to get it ready for people to come here because I get a number of customers that do want to come here and see what I have, and, and I create stuff right in front of them. Or um, I haven't started doing classes here yet, but it really has been, um yeah, just getting it ready and still working because I – both, literally, I moved right before I showcased that Fashion Week, which made it really hard. I was working with almost 30 models and having them change locations and start coming here and, you know, still creating. Like, I I made all that stuff myself. This is some of the clothes that we used. Um, so that was another element. I was styling and making some of the stuff because um, everything didn't fit some of the models, um uh and who I thought was one size on paper and they was a real size in real life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> and still I mean that happens sometimes, you know, we all was in a pandemic. You gotta, they made it and updated their forms, but um, or they just slide. Uh, <laughs> but just trying to figure out all of this, um it's just challenging. I just tell anybody, go for your goals, go for your dreams. Um, don't let fear or other people's opinion or lack of support change your mind or alter. It would have been so easy for us to just not be doing, be exposed right now. It would have been so much easier. A lot of people who were, who considered themselves out competition aren't doing their shows right now. Um, a lot of people You know, stopped doing their shows and started back up once people it was safe for people to go. Some people never stopped and kept inviting people into their studio. I mean, that's the one thing I
2: can say about this station is that we do have some resiliency. Mm Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, (laughs)
1: it
2: it really is.
1: It it wasn't difficult though because both of us I think were ready to pivot. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: and and I've read I really was because. I like to to do a lot of things and sometimes that leads me moving and traveling different places and Ronnie mm-hmm. has really hyped up the travel experience. Um
2: oh yeah. Very first trip. This is the officially the very first trip because this wasn't the first trip. We did one back in 2016. Uh, I think it was 2016, 2016, 2017 which was the 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 linchpin to us doing BXR travel concierge. Mhm. It, um, so this oh, is the actual first be. launched trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to the Dominican Republic next week, December the 14th through the 20th. Um, oh, sorry, no more seats available, but uh, no, I this, this is going gun- to be good. So
1: I, that's why I didn't even.
2: There's more trips to come. 2023 is, is playing, we're planning eight trips in 2023. So, any will, will any of them be in May? I'm thinking I'm thinking the next trip actually will be in May because I'm leaving uh, we already lost time for March. It was supposed to be in March, but I, I already lost that time. But uh, yeah, I think the first trip is going to be either it's going to be in May because I'm not going to be available in April. But yeah, but we're planning eight trips, eight different trips. I know two of them is already going back to the Dominican and then and other places after that. But
0: where is the trip in May? Is that one I don't know yet. I think it's not the Dominican. I know that for sure.
1: Well, I would like to sponsor it.
0: Okay. It's between guess, two places. I'll let you know.
1: Make it my birthday trip. Um and get so, so okay, I can I, tell if you if one you, of the choices might be Saint
2: Lucia. That's what it that's
1: that's, the, oh, that's, the, uh, that's the difference. And that's not too far from St. Thomas.
2: It's not. The boat right away.
1: Are you are you open to a cruise
2: now? I am open to a cruise. That's why I said it is not going to be in March because I'm supposed to be going on a cruise in March on Virgin Voyages. Um, okay. Because I'm trying to, you know, that's our um, our test trip. We're going to test it out to see how it works. Because I'm not sure if I'm going to be. I'm I'm not sure I'm going to do good on a boat that long because of my claustrophobia. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, but you don't feel it. It really just feels like you're on a resort. That, you know, sometimes when you got them all inclusive resorts, I mean you do have the beach, you do have those things, but right. it just you don't my first conversation don't feel it.
2: And I get that. I do get that, but it's not just the boat. My claustrophobia is also gonna be affected because I'm surrounded by water and nowhere to go.
1: Yeah, but that and that's one of the things I'm saying, like you don't have to live on a deck. But it's going to feel like, it feels like you're going to, say, Vegas with less attractions. Mm-hmm. But it's going to feel like a Vegas trip. Because you know why You're always in a casino or you're in a mall or you're mm-hmm. in one of this, that's See places. The, but like. there's
2: choices with that. That's the problem with me. That's the problem with my claustrophobia. There are choices with being in Vegas because I can go outside. I can walk across the street. I can't walk across the ocean because I'm going to be at the bottom with the, the fish. Yeah,
1: but it's so much these. These are not so. It's not like the typical, like back in the day, cruises where if they had a certain amount of games, certain mm-hmm. amount of. They are so so just saying wonderful. is that
2: you'll be you'll be able to focus on other things. is basically right. What you're saying.
1: Some of these ships are so huge that it's like two malls, five or six restaurants.
2: Well, but I'm giving it a try. I'm gonna give it a try.
1: On at one time. <laughs> So yeah, I'm yeah.
2: gonna give it a try because I also been looking into that boat that they got that goes around the world that you can live on. I've been looking into mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's got like an entire apartment is. community on on the ocean, and it just goes right. around. the And
1: that's one of those city type of trips. Yes, so you, you still mm-hmm. get to dock in different countries and different ports. But oh yeah, yeah I was looking at a video. Do,
2: that those I was things looking- are
1: like bonuses.
2: Because I was looking at a video on um, on one of them, and I can't, I never could find this video again, but I was looking at the video for how this book goes around the world. So when it gets down to the Antarctic, you know, spot, uh-huh. how they allow the, the like the pool ice is over, so it becomes an ice skate Ooh. ring. Yeah, ice skate ring. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, and it was just, it was spectacular. And I never could find that video again.
1: Like the Disney cruises are so much different than they were when I was a child Mm -hmm. Uh, it's so much different now because there's so many, you know, when I was a child, the most you could do was maybe go see a show and go swimming. They had these Mm -hmm. elaborate swimming, the tubes and stuff, but now they have malls and shoppings and multiple restaurants and so many different options and packages for you. That's why it's probably a little bit more expensive now, but it's just so much for you to do. The only thing that I don't, Light is just, I've always been conscious because you're always in a space with all these people getting mm-hmm. sick. That's
2: been, and that part,
1: that part, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but I'm sure that they've gotten many more restrictions and ways of keeping the, the boats clean. Because often, if you go on some of those bigger cruises, when you're getting off. You see other people in line about to get back on, right? So I'd be like, did they clean this boat? But often you can't go to your um, the room right away mm-hmm. because as they get, that's why they pushing you to get off and and giving you that time frame to get off the of boat because then they're going around cleaning all the rooms and all the other spaces, and then you can go to your room first, but you can't go to anything right away. But yeah, it it. It's different. I'm and I'm seeing how different it is now. Even before the pandemic, it was a much different space, but it's so much more to do now. But uh-huh. I look forward to it, but there's a different there's a certain payment uh structure that you're doing for these trips.
2: Correct, right, because it's meant to for you to be able to go on as many as trips as possible. Mm-hmm. So our um structure is to try to make it so that you, you have to take that that you Allow yourself to take at least two vacations a year. That's what mm-hmm. this is the premise on, because the premise of our uh BXR travel concierge is that our people, meaning our listeners, I'll just I'll make it general like that. Our listeners don't take enough vacations. Or we don't want to take, we don't allow ourselves to take vacations because we always think we got too much to do, too busy, too expensive not enough time on our hands so this way we allow you to force yourself to take a vacation because it'll already be paid for all your expenses is paid your meals and everything is taken care of all you have to do is set aside time and go mm-hmm.
1: and that's i mean and and i know for me it it is it's not really the money it's it's making the time
2: it's and the I time. None
1: so of us be trying to build... Because you believe
2: you don't have the time because you always got something else that needs to be done. But your rest and your your sanity is one of the things that you actually have to take care of too.
1: Right. Well, Marnie's retired now, so he can say that.
2: But you, you think I'm retired all these clients I got now?
1: <laughs> but it, it's, it's, a, it's a level of retirement though, but it's something that I'm pushing myself to do and to be so I can find more time and the pandemic helped me to find that time for myself because I went on to I mean granted I think I worked harder during the pandemic because I had to do everything from uh, like this type of space but it allowed me to take the time I needed so I went on to week long, well, the the second one was two weeks, and the first one was a week. That's when I was in that hotel room when we were doing the show, but I was able to take two extended vacations, and I never did that. I never took that much time. And typically, if I was away that long, there was work involved in that. I was there doing a play or doing some type of art-related project,
2: but I was able to make that time. And And you did. But the one thing that I can say that I'm glad you did the way you did it because you didn't go far. You only went to a hotel. Still at home. Well, the second time... But you changed the second your time
1: setting. I, was, I was in New York, actually. And right.
2: Here. But you changed <laughs> your setting. That's the yeah. whole point. It's not a vacation.
1: Yeah.
2: Not that you... you I mean, because the only one that you really did was that was a real vacation was the one in New York. I don't consider the one that you did here in, in the hotel or a real
1: vacation. Well, definitely. And you but, know, the one here was... I was more relaxed after that one because in New York, I was tempted to go places, even though it was really restricted right. on where I could go. It was, you know, it was a typical, you know, I couldn't go to see any plays, but I was able to see everything virtually, and I spent a lot of time. So the one here, when I was just downtown, I felt so relaxed because all I did was sit in that room. Every now and again, I would walk around the harbor when it got late, mm. or, or I would go to the mall that was across the street. Mm -hmm. But I just sit and I watch movies. I had a friend that came down for part of the time and we just watched movies and ordered out. And that was I had never given myself that type of time before. So I know it's possible for me to do that on an actual vacation though, right?
2: Well, I'm going to use my sister as an example. Because she's been to Bermuda. All right, That was Uh years ago. But I've now gone, and she's my older sister, so now I've now gone on out of this country, I want to say now a good almost 30, 40 times Uh on vacations. Out -hmm. of the country. My sister can only probably tell you Bermuda. Mm -hmm. The difference is is that she's a mom. I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. She needs a vacation that changes her world experience. Mm -hmm. Not her life, but her world experience, which she has never seen, is basically outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. So you don't know a real vacation until so you've seen something that's totally different from your worldly experience, right. right? Right. And now she's going with me for the first time. She's going to some place that I love, and I'm telling you, she's—I'm gonna know everybody that's going on this trip that's going to next week is gonna fall in love with right. my, my home, my, my my first home is what I call it. This is my second. <laughs>
1: but yeah it's i mean it's really important for, for people to do that and i was i was thankful enough as even as a child we went on vacation at least once a year well once a year and that made a difference even if mm-hmm. we, was, we went to the poconos and niagara falls and right. stuff like that, like family trip type of stuff but it was beneficial you know right. and it was something that was needed and it just something happened to me once i got a to an adult and in college that started to happen less and less for me when i was in my 20s i was i always went on vacation and i always did spring break and something in the fall and something over the winter break because i had college to kind of break that up the times that we had off but as i got older i stopped doing it nearly as much because work became more prevalent and being an artist and especially working for yourself you 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 don't have the time. You really you have to make it.
2: Um in the past three months I've did the most traveling I've ever done in my life. I've gone uh-huh. to the Cayman Islands. I went to the Dominican Republic uh, a couple mo- a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I went to Canada, um, mm-hmm. Virginia, I uh-huh. we went to Tyson's Corner, Virginia, um, Philly, New York, mm-hmm. Niagara yeah. Falls. I've done so much in the past three months, like like next year it's just gonna be mind boggling for the amount of stuff that we got planned for twenty twenty three
1: my hope is that they just they quickly get a handle of the prices and the costs of things, yes because it's really that that is now the struggle for the everyday person to be able to move around because they've hyped the prices, trying to make back what they lost, but it right. feels so when you go which, when you when you go be happy making back what you lost like at what point i'm sure you made it back already so now mm-hmm. what are you doing it <laughs> just can't be the new
2: prices and if you want to find out more information about bxr uh, travel concierge you can email us at info at be hmm so what is the payment cycle though so you said well, are the we first out that the, the trip fee? is, or? so yeah, right. So there are three different type types. You can pay full price, or you can pay the monthly plan, or there is a biweekly plan. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how far the trip is out, with what the payments are going to be. So if the trip is in May, you got all those different options that you can take to pay the trip off in full. And
1: if you pay with Klarna, I mean, if you pay with if you pay. I think about PayPal or Square, you can use uh Klarna or one of those payments. Oh, the
2: financing options.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Mhm. Because I just did a, I just did a, a um, project with someone, and I sent them my invoice through PayPal, and mm-hmm. they was able to pay me upfront, but they was
2: paying in installments
1: themselves. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that's why. I was, oh, I use that option. Um, Oh, when my neighbors passed away. Uh-huh. Uh, with the vet. The vet had a phone. Oh,
0: they had, that, they had that option. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: So
1: well, they're building more options, but I just need these prices to come down some.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had to come up with something because a lot of people weren't going to be able to pay, especially in the veterinary community. When the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. it hit them hard too. Well, right. Yeah. Because people was losing their jobs, they couldn't take care of their pets like they used to. Used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My yeah, friend, I she hate just hate went on to vacation
1: the hospital three times. She used, a, um, she used a pet service to keep her animals while she was on vacation, mm-hmm. and she said it, it's never been that expensive for her. But they trying to make back what they lost, right? Because nobody was nobody was doing pet daycare and stuff like that,
0: on because they was home. But neither
1: um well that's and that's that's going to my next i didn't really want to talk about a lot of politics today because we are in that space um but i'm i'm interested in what you feel about mr tj um uh, the the um anchor who is suspended right now for allegedly having an affair with well it's not alleged he had the affair do you feel though these morality clauses are getting too personal? Um, I I don't know the story, so I'm glad you just said it. Um, So these two anchors were allegedly in a relationship with each other. It wasn't, I I can't say whether it was a, I can't say whether it was a fair or not because both of them were both going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is seemingly getting more punishment because i think they let her come back from her suspension but he's still suspended allegedly because he's had multiple situations so it's coming out that he's had multiple situations but unless somebody okay, so
2: has he reported it so let me get this right they was he was suspended because he had a, he had a relationship with his co-anchor mm-hmm. both of them and they didn't disclose and they didn't because they didn't disclose it.
0: Well, the way it came out,
1: if they didn't, I mean, even if they would have disclosed it, you know, if they they probably would have still. But I think this idea of public—I'm trying to figure, I'm,
2: my point. I'm trying to the question I'm trying to ask is why is this our business? Why is this their business?
1: Now, unless they were having sex in
2: the the makeup room or in their Offices, or that they was going to compromise a story. Mm -hmm. What does their relationship have to do with the news they're reporting? I don't know. So, So most entertainment contracts have a morality clause in it. No, I get it. I get it. If you're talking about an underling, but these are two people that are co anchors and and, and basically Mm -hmm. on the same level. Um, Uh, Only thing that I would say they had to disclose was that to HR that they're in a relationship because that's been the me too movement's example of how you disclose how you have a relationship inter-office is that but you disclose they, it when they it's they happening, really don't so it have a relationship. A say that again.
1: But it was said that
2: they were just sleeping together. It wasn't but that's like, a relationship. Whether you want to say it's a relationship bona fide or not, it's still a sexual relationship. <laughs> right. And it well, my problem is. Do some of these morality clauses go too far into your personal? But I want to, that's my point. What does this morality clause say? That I cannot engage in having intercourse with any staff members? Or do it say that I must disclose if I'm having sex with an employee?
1: Well, we both worked in like a corp- corporate environment. and Often those morality clauses go no fraternizing with other employees. Now that's, the, um, that's what it
2: says, then you're in violation. hmm I don't know. what the I, I would like to know what the morality clause but what, said. But for me, I always
1: interpreted that as if I was caught doing something or if I messed up the flow of the workroom or the office space. But if I'm doing something in my personal life and what happened was people started catching them out in public. Now, both of them were adults. Both of them were going through divorces. So they were separated from their spouses. I think one. I think I want to say, his was already gone. He was going still going through his, and hers was finalized. But they both were adults, consenting adults, um, out in public, and people started taking photos of them, and that's how it got out that they were seeing each other. But it wasn't. I'm just I'm just confused at the, at how some of these morality clauses when it doesn't seemingly affect your business, how does that then give you right to say fire someone or, you know, get rid of someone or suspend in this case. So his suspension is still going and they've allowed her to come back to the show and they actually have a replacement for him now or temp, right. I guess it's temporary, See, but I don't
2: know. It, all right. So here's what the, the morality clause says. All right, so according to this article, it says the contract commands that the uh, um, commands talent to act at all times with due regard to public mor- morals and conventions. The clause continued to um, that talent shall not engage in behavior which tends to bring you or us into public disrepute, contempt, scandal, or ridicule, or which might reflect unfavorably upon us or injure the success of the program. Right. I don't I'm now I'm trying to figure out where their relationship or sexual situation has violated that clause. But it it, it disrepute. Well, I don't think it's that not that disrepute, either. it's not contemptible, it's not a scandal, and it's not ridicule because it's none of our damn business. It didn't bring anything unfavorably upon us because right. you shouldn't know about it because it's none of your damn business. And the but success I, I of the program?
0: Are you I noticed the noticed success of your program? Pushing... Is your program a,
2: a sex show? Right. Is like the success of the program? Is your program a success? A, a sex show, or is it Good Morning America? Like they're not delivering <laughs> the news. <laughs> I mean, everybody that. at the, the night before probably just had sex and went to bed. So. Right. What but, kind but of my thing, critical crap are we it's talking very
0: about? very
1: interesting. It's, it's very interesting how some of these companies are jumping to dismiss someone or suspend or fire someone or break a contract with someone when public opinion is rearing in
2: a certain way or if people have certain things. So according to this, article that would be the factor if he had not if it wasn't his co-anchor and he went out on the street and was dating somebody and the breakup got messy that would still be the same thing then that's also a violation of this contract how can that be your business mm-hmm. how does that affect i would like to see how the they business. would defend this in the court of law that you have the well, that's ability why they often to them. You, you would sure never be able to date the relationship relationship. anybody. The whole entire time you worked at this show, you would never be able to date anybody because fa- a failure of a relationship would be the end of your job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just is interesting how this is planned out or how it often plays out because I don't get how it affects you. Unless, like you said, unless it was a bad breakup and now they can't sit beside each other. You know, that's why some of the
2: rules are made so this doesn't happen. And it right, doesn't but That's also why disclosures are made. You know, that's where the mm-hmm. disclosure thing comes from. That's why you, if you do become in a relationship with someone that's in of your employee or under you, you should disclose it. So just in case those things happen, it protects you. And, and then I watched
1: pro- the number of the, you know, once this came out, I was watching a number of their shows and I didn't see how you would need, I mean, that without this being nice and cordial with someone that you're comfortable
2: with nothing changed as far as their working segment environment yeah nothing changed as long as, as far as their working environment was concerned yeah
1: it's what it sounds like is well it, it didn't even get out in the office it may have been something that you know people whispered about but it, it had they not been caught out
2: in public because what it does, it. it's making it seem like they was doing something wrong, and the whole entire time they got their hands up like, "I didn't do anything wrong. I'm getting divorced. I can have sex with but, whoever I want." And it's because interesting both that both of them are I, getting divorced. Why divorce. would my contract have anything to do with my sex life? Hmm. I, you know, when well, you uh, I can be that, in a relationship, I, but again. That's why I say the disclosure thing. If they had disclosed this up front, the company would be protected. They're trying to work in their best interest and protect themselves mm-hmm. as a company. It has nothing to do with the talent. You're, ex- you're expendable. Right. It's it's just a weird space to be in when you start.
1: When I'm just noticing, even when you go to Kanye and how quick people were to
2: cut him off, who weren't enjoying part. The interesting part is what I believe would happen if. Those two co-anchors got together and sued them. So say, for instance, they do get fired and they sue because that's inevitable. If they fire them, they're suing. And they're going to sue well, on the basis like
1: And they did not violate this
2: contract. It looks like it's going to be
1: him on his own because they've allowed her to come back already. Right. He's that's the one I mean. that's going to
2: suspend it. But she, I, I doubt she would not be his witness. Right. Well, she would be because, forced to probably be the witness. It, right, because she's going to be subpoenaed. R- regardless, right. case, she's going to get subpoenaed. But the same right. thing would be that he's going to sue because he did not violate this contract. Nothing right. happened that brought anything d- uh, unfavorable to the show. Nothing happened. If you found out you it wasn't a war. scandal. You found right. out because it wasn't a scandal, because they, they're both on their way to being single.
0: Mm-hmm. Divorce is in in process.
2: The
1: the spouses had brought it up, or Mm -hmm. you know, if it was a
2: problem in their marriage, but neither Mm -hmm. one of their spouses had brought anything up. Now they may because anything if their spouses did, it would work in their favor because it would make the marriage irrevocable. Mm Hmm. But you were already in
1: divorce court. (laughs) Exactly, it's (laughs) irreconcilable. Right. Right, right. I, I just was interested just to, because I, I noticed this has been happening more and before we can even get to a trial or before anybody is found guilty of something, people are already being let
2: go or fired or And suspended. that's the company trying to cover their own asses about against being Me Too. They don't want to be involved in it at all. So what they do is take the drastic precaution first. Right. Versus
1: but weighing This a all. special situation because
2: they were both Equal. It wasn't he but was, that's the thing about news organizations. You or have every ability. Then that's the thing about news organizations. Just like our platform, you have every ability to come in front of a story before it actually happens. And we don't take those opportunities. Them two had every opportunity to probably get on air or tell their producers that they want to address this rumor before it blew up into this and you being suspended and all that. You uh, some of y'all are actually cutting off your own feet. But, it, but Because it, y'all started it, it, having sex. You knew you were having sex. You should have told people before people found out. But is it really... It makes me mad that we have to do that. Like, is it really someone else's right, business? That's, no, but that's what it, I, I'm reading here. It, it says apparently they were pointed out because um when the they got employed to come back and actually sign that clause. Mm. So you knew about it. I mean, how could you not, after, whatchamacallit um, from NBC, Matt Lauer, how could you not know about it? But see, what Matt,
1: Matt, Law, Matt Lauer, it was saying right. that he was forcing himself on those women. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying,
2: situation, all of these clauses came about because of Matt Lauer. So you mm-hmm. knew about the clause. But again, is like you have saying,
1: is it their business because he wasn't forcing himself, and she better not come out and say she felt
2: forced no. to be in those in that relationship. And the company is protecting themselves because of a Matt Lauer situation. Right, right. So what right, they're doing right. is going the the hardball route and terminating people or putting them on suspension, versus. Figuring out how to come out in front of the story, which would be a better option to me, I think, is if you tell your airways, your listeners, that this is happening. We're right. dating, and and let it be that. But you, and you I, should, I, I feel that I feel
0: it
1: that program. it should come from her. I really feel like it should come from her, and she should
2: make a statement saying we were consenting adults. Da For Cuomo's career too, if he would have just came out in front of his brother's situation. He tried, but he should have just been on up front at all times instead but of letting.
1: He, them something them. like that! Like who has not used their their power to help out someone? Right.
2: you this clout. That was a clout. You build all this clout that just hold on to it. No, that's not what happens. You use that clout to get other things. Right. That that sound that was that really it pissed me off because people really
1: was going after him like they have never you know helped gave blue or like he was supposed to turn his phone off and block his brother right <laughs> and all he was doing was giving his brother warning signals like this is illegal this right. information is coming out <laughs> it's not like he prevented anything from happening to his brother he just gave them a a warning like you know they and about to kind of come after
2: right? is, is that that you don't find out something because of your job and you wouldn't turn it over to your family member. What kind of morality is that? I mean Why I ain't gonna say any kind of moral behavior to hold back knowledge from your family member because they might get in tr- because to save themselves. I don't know what kind of morality that is. it is. I mean
1: and I think he was I just asking was more to I think he was asking more investigative questions to see what information they had on his brother and you know, it didn't go with his job but it's not like he was reporting that information, he but it's still on it. exactly,
2: right. it would be hypocritical had he reported and he told him first and then reported on it right. you know, had he told him the secret stuff and then came back and reported the secret, like it was breaking news but you already told your brother, then that would be hypocritical but he said, well, I, I saying,
1: but even though that, that would be hypocritical, I think that news organization would have wanted him to do that. Yes, warn your, your brother, warn your brother, warn your brother that this is getting ready to happen. Right. But he probably he and I think a lot of it was him giving him information before it hit anybody's news desk. And I think that's what probably people had the issue with. But I
2: would do it too. I would well, if I knew launched, someone was coming got, down the pipeline
1: um, for somebody. He basically I would got tell followed, you
2: um, network station that's getting ready to get launched off. <laughs> They're CNN Plus. Yep. Yeah. Because he's like the, the like the, the the um the headliner to this new network that's getting ready to get launched. If it's not already and launched,
1: no, the, the show isn't bad though. either. I watched the podcast that he does, mm-hmm. and it's really not. It feels too small for him.
2: Yeah, he is very entertaining, and it's just not. Yeah, the podcast. That's why it's supposed to spin off into an actual network show.
1: Yeah, but uh, so the follow up is: How do you feel about uh, Trevor Noah leaving?
2: I hate it. don't I, because I don't know who they're going to pick in um, to get better than him. That's for those people
1: thing. that they have coming in to like stand in, like,
2: oh. <laughs> uh, See, I said the same thing about John when John Stewart left, and then they chose him, and then I loved him. But now yeah, but I think it's too soon. It a good pick, but I do believe it's too soon. Yeah, John Stewart was able to do 15. I think anybody that gets in that position should be willing to do 15.
1: <laughs> but they probably they probably, but you know one of the things was he he hasn't won any awards. The show hasn't won any, like it's going to some of those a lot of those white people who are doing the same thing he's doing mm-hmm. and it's that's been that's been like an on, ongoing conversation that he hasn't won any awards and it's not because his show isn't good i think his show is but not even the, the caliber yeah. of guests that he gets yeah
2: it's so an excellent show caliber. i don't mm-hmm. think it's, i, I want to be able to say i don't think it's winning awards because it's on comedy central Mm. because even though it is a comedy show and it has comedy in its nature, it's really a news program.
1: I got to see him in D.C. do a stand-up one time, and I much prefer him to be
2: behind that desk. I do, I do. I prefer him on that show. I prefer him to that show, but I think he, again, the the, the thing that's holding him back is that it's on Comedy Central, unfortunately. They pay him well, don't get me wrong. He's getting paid really good money. But, because it's on Comedy Central, no one it, it's being taken as a joke. But it's such
1: a good show. It's like I love the interview energy. where great I just talking. watched
2: the interview with Will Smith. It was really good. I, you're right. I just saw that one, too. Great show. Great talking points. Great energy. Great uh, mm. uh, satire. and And it's just not Still Even like he's- all the
1: shows that have spun off of that, like a lot of his correspondents have their own podcasts and they're right. really good. Like, I really, it's a really smart, funny show. It's not just funny and smart, it's really smart and funny at
2: the same time. Yeah, he'll be, but I, don't, I don't know how they're going to choose somebody else to sit in to fill in. But like
1: I, I, I said, I, I think said Leslie Jones, awesome. I'm trying to remember the other people that
2: are supposed to be stand and I'm like, this is going to be horrible. That's gonna be a train wreck. I mean, it's it's really hard to pick from the people that's on the show because like the two, three, maybe three of them had their own shows and it didn't work out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, the what's the um the black guy? He has a
2: Roy. Um, Roy.
1: Yeah, Roy Jones. He has, he has, has show. a show, but I just don't think he has a big enough following yet. Yeah.
2: Roy mm. Wood. Jr., that's the thing. Roy Wood Jr. He had the show with the drunk on the bar and the comedy thing.
1: Mm.
2: And then the girl,
1: the heavyset black girl, she has a podcast with one of the writers on that show, and it's pretty funny. But it's not—I don't think she could stand alone right now, and that's kind of a weird thing. But I don't—I don't know how that would be for them. So uh, they have to look outside of their realm, but I, and I think they're gonna try to do the thing that. Uh, that the Wendy Williams show did, which I mean, it works for them, but
0: I'm saying it's cool,
1: people
2: will be over it by that time. It's going to be, I mean, and a talk show is different I than a late why, night show. I mean, I wonder why he made the decision. That's what I can't. I can't really. I want. I want to know what the personal reason was that he made the decision to leave. I mean, they gave I
1: mean, him. So I, only thing I can think of is that the them show not from home. Any more money.
2: I, but I don't think that's it, because he gets his money. Yeah. The thing about it is that he got the chance to do his whole entire show for the past three years from home. <laughs>
0: yeah. With no, with
2: no um listen with no viewership loss at that. Yeah. He well they at,
0: they did a great doing
2: pivot. A, doing the show, the show similar show. to being a podcast. <laughs> yeah, they
1: did it. They did a great pivot. Yeah, I mean, He didn't even really recognize. I mean, other than him, his him growing his hair out, yeah, he didn't even recognize that it was a change. Different.
2: Yeah, right. that he was at home. <laughs>
1: right?
2: Yeah, exactly. He had on that white tee, and he was a chill. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right, and his pro the same. The was,
2: um, you know, the same way with um, John Oliver, and his show Ooh. when he. Had, Never yeah, missed a Never yeah. lost any viewers, and and was still successful because the content was worthy. That's who who that's who keeps winning the awards though too, John Oliver over him.
1: Yeah, they but I don't. Him. But I just think John Oliver think came from that show so much better, right? But I think that show is so much better than. Then a lot of those other shows that keep on getting
2: nominated and winning. Get to the point. And then he he does in-depth stories on a particular topic. Like he'll do hot topics for the first five minutes and then, his, uh, then there's a main topic of the show that he goes into. That's why I like John Oliver's show.
1: Yeah, like but the you, best know, I think, um, I mean, you you know that they exist but everybody loves Trevor
0: Noah. Yes. His show just seems
1: to be more popular than the rest of it.
2: But not necessarily. John Oliver is very popular. That show is very popular on Sundays at 11. Well, Sundays at 11. And it's an HBO show, so they already get paid coin.
1: <laughs> right. I just was, I'm just, and this, he's done his final show, so
2: it's... Oh, he's done? Yeah, he
1: did the final show.
2: I didn't know this year was the last year. I know he said he was leaving, but I thought it was like last year. Next year.
1: Yeah, it was a, well, if it's not the last show, it, it was, it was promoted as the final because all of the correspondents said their final farewell. If you go, go to YouTube, it's on YouTube.
0: No, I'm looking at it online. Yep, see, Trevor
2: Noah ended his seven-year run. Yep, seven years. And it well, don't even I, feel like that, that's don't like that, That's what I'm saying. How you end your show without bringing on your new host? John Stewart didn't do that. John Stewart introduced no Trevor Noah as the new host. That's why I I don't think about this. It has to
1: be something contractual, and it's very abrupt. Yeah, it has to be something contractual. It has to be like they don't want to. He may he may want to do it less and travel more and do stand up, and they don't probably want to let him do that, or you know, they probably this might be around the time where his. That gets renewed. So, do we pay you more? You know, because you haven't won us any awards. So, but I'm sure his, boy, I mean, he's had the president on, on there a couple times, but not Barack, but he's had, I mean, he's had Barack on there a couple times. He said so many different people on there. Like the views on YouTube alone are astronomical, but it's just sad. Cause I'm not gonna to watch the show no more. I never even I watched the show a couple times with Jon Stewart, but nah, it wasn't the same. So, so this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. We'll be back. I may do a live next week too. I may do, a, I might get together with Chaz and we might do a live together. Next week, since um the station will be on hiatus um so come back, look out for a live next week, and then come back the following week. I believe that's the twenty
0: fifth is that the twenty fifth am I good at dates now uh, <laughs> the next day 25th. you come back
1: twenty third twenty third why would you be on Christmas? <laughs> no no i I thought that that was the twenty fifth I thought that that date was the twenty fifth oh twenty third um, the twenty third and that's the Christmas show, so that's gonna be a special show. I'm gonna do something special for that show. um we might give away something on the twenty third you never know so uh stay tuned uh uh do you have a show tonight
0: yes. I mean, not that I mean it that way, but I mean, yes.
1: That is not how I came about. So, um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the show. Skyline, Skyline Radio Show will be coming on after, and I also, um, I'm gonna go live next week. Um, uh, Miss Be Inspired has invited me to do, uh, a, uh, um, Shark Tank judging. Uh, for her class. She's teaching an entrepreneurship class at a school not too far from my studio actually. And I'll be one of her. It's like a shark tank. Uh, So I'll be doing that. So I'll go to live while I'm there and show you all what we're doing introduce you to the class. But beyond that, have a nice day. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Peace out, people.